get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Joined by the Blues Insider for The Athletic. His name is Jeremy Rutherford. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Rutherford, one of the best in the business. And yesterday, he was on with the Balloon Party talking about what the future holds for this Blues team, this roster, and specifically with Jordan Cairo. JR, we appreciate the time as always, my friend. I was listening to that and it took me aback a bit. Maybe it shouldn't have, but you said, hey, 50 to 60% chance that you think Jordan Cairo ends up being traded by the Blues. Can you add a little bit of context to that? What, what's informing that for you? Well, I just think that uh, everybody knows that his no trade clause kicks in in 2025. And for people unfamiliar with how that process works, when you sign a contract like Thomas and Cairo did, uh, you'll get the no trade protection, but it does not kick in until uh, you turn 27 years of age. So you're not going to find anybody in the league 23, 24, 25 with a with a no trade clause so that'll kick in in 2025 you know i gotta believe that whether we're talking about a trade with Cairo leading into this deadline or or next season you know it's going to be tough to pull off you know there's a lot of term remaining on that contract so uh if we're trying to be realistic about it uh, that no trade clause is probably going to kick in with him still as a member of the blues in, in 2025 uh so tim asked me you know, what do you think the odds of him being traded are? And I said, well, you know, 50% before that no trade clause kicks in, I think you have to give it that just because uh, of the situation here in St. Louis with him and perhaps needing a change of scenery. But the one thing that I did qualify it by saying, guys, is that I would be surprised slash shocked if he finished his career, that eight-year contract, as a member of the Blues. I just think that at some point this thing's going to hit a road where they're just going to have to figure out a way to make a deal and, and move on from that contract. Jerry, we, we talked about it a little bit ago, uh, just how if you don't have a top line that is consistent and able to kind of carry you, then, then you're in a tough go. Do you feel like Doug Armstrong and the front office are getting to the point where they see this with Cairo and say, we might need a change? Yeah, and, you know, it's the one thing is I try not to react after a situation like we saw a couple of days ago with the benching. I mean, let's hypothetically say he had a hat trick in Detroit. Are we having this conversation? But the big picture, which is what Doug Armstrong always says that he's looking at, you know, he's famous for the 35,000-foot view, um, is that it's too inconsistent. Like you guys were saying earlier, you know, Kyrie or Thomas could have a hat trick tonight. And, and with Kyra especially, do you say, okay, well, you know, he's on the straight path here. No, that's not the case because we've seen that within this last week where, uh, you know, it wasn't the, the way that uh, things went. So I just think that Doug Armstrong is too smart a guy uh, to, to, un- to understand that uh, something is going to have to happen at some point if it doesn't click for Kyra. And I just don't see any signs of it clicking. And we're talking about somebody who's, 25 not 19 or 28 years old jeremy rutherford is our guest here on 101 espn he writes over at the athletic you can follow him on twitter at jp rutherford uh, jr it's always tricky to to react to somebody else's reporting but i am curious based on your own and I, i've got something that i want to ask you about from frank saravalli he posted a story a little bit ago that says i think doug armstrong is hungry to change up the mix they've been competitive this season which is fine but i also think whether it is now or in the summer I don't see him as someone that's going to pay Buchnevich whatever the market is for that next deal. I think there's potentially enough interest now to make something like that happen, end quote. 
Uh, JR, when you think about what is available to Doug Armstrong, either at the deadline or going into the summer, I was talking about this with Alex before the show today. Uh, you look at what the Maple Leafs have coming up, the the Florida Panthers. They've got a bunch of deals that are coming up in the next year or so. Ottawa, there's a bunch of buzz out there. Calgary. Is this a situation where you think it would be advantageous for Doug Armstrong to wait until the offseason to see kind of what ends up shaking out with these other teams? I think it could, and I think Doug's history tells us that he believes that. Uh, he's been one of the most patient GMs in the league, and he still has his job uh, because uh, he's been patient. I mean, he's he's waited out a lot of teams, BK, before he made the deal that he thought was the best deal, and I hate to keep going back to it, but that Ryan O'Reilly deal with Buffalo was absolutely dead. Like Buffalo said, you know, they weren't going to do it, and then they called back, and this is what leads to the memes. You know, Doug says, and will you take who? <laughs> you know, like, so it's a situation where, uh, you know, Buffalo called back and all of a sudden you're trading Saboka, Berglund, Tage Thompson. You didn't give up uh, Kyrou and Thomas at that point, And you get your guy, Ryan O'Reilly. He's done that on a number of occasions. So to apply that to this situation with Buchnevich, I mean, we can't forget the idea that if somebody calls up and, and says, hey, we'll give you two first and, you know, this prospect that the deal's going to get done before the deadline but we don't anticipate something like that happening um so i can see a situation where yes doug does hold off until the off season before he addresses the buchnevich thing and, and at that point does it lead to a trade does it lead to a re-signing at, at this point anything could happen but what you read from frank saravelli you know which is what we've been saying you know for a while i think is that of, of course he sees that he needs to change this he needs to improve it that's what a retool is like if the Blues were in a good position, they wouldn't be talking about being in, in, in a retool and needing to make these changes. So Doug certainly uh, sees what's taking place and wants to make some major moves to get this thing turned around. So on that front, Jr., when, when you look at where the Blues are at, and although I know that we're frustrated with a roller coaster of a season, I think it's a complete different type of frustration from what we were last season. If Doug is unable to trade Pavel Buchnevich and get something big in return or move on from Jordan Cairo, it's hard to believe that they'd be able to come back with the same roster next season, correct? Well, yeah, that, that's correct, but I look at it like this, uh, you know, and, and I'll get to the question here, but that's that's what the retool is is this thing is evolving for the next couple of years and, and so when you bring in a Kapanen and you bring in a Hayes you're trying to stay competitive you hope that you can finish third like Doug said and then you, you go from there you get into the next offseason okay what do we need to do to to change things around so I completely understand your point and I think every Blues fan listening wants this thing to be turned around next year and you know wants that package for Buchnevich or wants to keep them or wants Kairou to play better or move them for this and that you know, those types of things are going to happen. You know, we just don't know how quickly Doug can make them happen and, and what's going to be available. So, you know, I agree with you, and, and I think that if those moves can't happen for whatever reason, you are looking at the same group of players coming back next year. But, you know, that's why this stuff is so difficult. Things just don't happen overnight, and Doug has to have a dance partner to make those things work. Follow up with that, JR, because we're, we're talking about the compete and the effort, words that Drew Bannister used yesterday talking about those top players. Should there be concern from a Doug Armstrong in terms of implementing a Jimmy Snuggerud at the end of the season if that's an issue for this team and those top players right now? Yeah, that's another fair question. And I do think that if you bring a Snuggerud into a situation where, you know, there's guys not competing and, and that's the that's the atmosphere, um, then that's tough. And he has said in the past that he doesn't like to do that. But at the same time, 
you almost have to bring those guys in there to to kind of you know get that movement going with the younger players keep that retool moving in the right direction and let those guys come in and try to help set the culture and i know that's tough to do when you got five or six veterans on long-term contracts and and maybe you don't see that type of effort from the team every night but you know to me you can't push you know snuggerud's arrival back and back just because the uh, atmosphere isn't going to be good when he gets here because who who knows when it's going to get to that level JR, final question that I've got for you. There was the news yesterday that the Blues are expected to activate uh, Justin Falk for t- tonight's game. And in a corresponding move, they decided to send down um, the right-handed defensive Matt defenseman Matt Kessel. Were you surprised by that decision? And what do you think led to that choice? Yeah, not 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 overly surprised just because you know, you had to send a guy down to, to make the Falk, uh, you know, contract work with the uh, with the salary cap. Uh, but I think with Kessel, and look, I tweeted yesterday, I don't care what people say. Yeah, he had some hiccups, but overall, he was really good. Who would have thought that Matt Kessel was going to step in that first night in Pittsburgh and play top four minutes for the next 22 games and do a good job at it? You know, I don't even think the Blues felt that. Um, but, you know, Falk's one of your guys. You get him back in the lineup. It looks like they want to keep Prinovich playing. You have that group six free agency situation uh, with him. You know, are you playing Scandella because you got to keep him in the lineup, uh, which he's, he's been decent, by the way, but are you keeping him in the lineup because maybe he's on the move next week at the trade deadline? There's just so many different factors that I think we can focus on the Kessel and he's playing well and, and why would you send him down? But, you know, past couple games weren't as great for him. You did a great job. Go do it in Springfield. Maybe we'll see you next week after we make some moves at the deadline. Jeremy Rutherford, one of the best in the business. You can find all of his great work over at The Athletic. He had a piece the other day about the Blues trade options, who could be going, who could be, who's expected to stay. All of that available to you over at The Athletic. You can find the link on his Twitter account at JP Rutherford. Jared, appreciate the time as always, man. We look forward to talking with you again next week. Next Tuesday. How about we do it again? Yes, sir. That's Jeremy Rutherford.